Hello and welcome back to the Counterpoints Podcast. This is your host, Matthew. I'm joined by my beautiful co-host. I've got Jack. I've got Casey and our Midwest correspondent on the field. We've got Kevin far away from his home in sunny San Diego. Uh, Kevin, can you uh, give us a quick report on how uh, the state of Illinois is doing on this fine night? All right. That was our correspondent from the Midwest, Kevin from Illinois. Um, Once again, Counterpints is still a podcast where we argue about the same stupid shit we love to argue about in breweries and bars. But what's an argument without a beer? Let's start it off with a drink. I'm going to start us off on this one, actually, because I'm thirsty, so I'm going to be selfish. Uh, I'm going to be drinking the Citra Sonic Double IPA from Transcend Beer Crafters, located in Southington, Connecticut. Great brewery, mostly known for their heavily fruited sours, but we're going to try an IPA from them. Um, I haven't had too many of them from that brewery, but they're pretty solid. So a quick can crack. Pow. There it is. Casey, what the hell are you drinking? Sorry, Fenway decided to lay on my mic cord. Um, <laughs> so I was like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, like that motion. Um, I'm drinking. So a few weeks back, um, I went to Colorado and I got some new true uh, brewing beers. Uh, and so I'm drinking one of those tonight. Uh, it's an India pale ale called mortal spears. Um, and it is, I don't know what we got here. 7% alcohol by volume. And I'm trying to see, I couldn't, Oh, there we go. Pops mosaic and, uh, mandarina Bavaria. So cheers boys. Nice. Good brewery. Oh, we, we've been there. What now? A couple times. We uh, always like that styling. I was just that. I feel like their sister brewery burial down in that rather Raleigh location. It's very similar aesthetic between those two breweries. Go check them both out. They're very good. Jack, you're up next. Yes. Yeah, so I was in Maryland this past weekend Ooh. and we were able to stop off at a brewery called 10 Ike Brewing um, in Stevensville, Maryland. Uh, right on the, the Chesapeake Bay there. Uh, pretty solid place. Um, I'm drinking their Trail Dragger IPA, which is a hazy IPA. It's delicious. Um, I will have some more to share on this brewery, maybe in our Brewery of the Week section. <gasps> Ooh, interesting. All right, Maryland getting a rare shout-out. Very rare. It won't happen again. Yeah, Maryland, you're on watch. That was your one compliment. We can't let you get too comfortable. Uh, Kevin, I hear you may not be uh, having a beverage, but I'm going to give you the floor. Yeah, so I'm drinking a water tonight, not just because the only beer I can find here in whatever the fuck state I'm in is going to be <laughs> macro. <clears throat> it's also because I had a long weekend. Uh, Sunday day drinking turned into Sunday night drinking turned into early Sunday morning drinking, which meant Monday was a bad day. Oof. So don't worry, kids. I'm a professional. I recovered. We're fine. So I'll check in a beer that I had on Sunday. All right. Trying to scroll back through my untapped list here. I went to one of my former roommates' restaurants. He's a he's the kitchen manager at a restaurant down uh, in a city near me. Cool. Called El Cruce. It's Baja-inspired cuisine. They have a lot of Baja-brewed beers, Baja wines, and Baja-inspired food. Delicious. Delicious all the way around. I had Vidia, which is like Mexican version of lamb vindaloo. It's you know, lamb cooked in a, in a pot, and it's stewed. Huh. It's delicious. The beer I had was from Mexico, too. And Matt, you'll remember this because I think we went to this place. Cerveceria and Sergente, I think, is in TJ. Because we went, when you and Matt and I 
you and Brian and I, I'm sorry, went to Mexico. We went to a couple different breweries. I think this yes. is the one that we went to. And I was, had a was, it, was it the one that was in that like almost kind of nice looking complex that there were like a bunch of interlocked like restaurants and bars? It was towards the end of the day we went there. Or that was, it? was in a bunch of like shipping containers, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yeah. correct. It was it was either that one or it was like the first one we went to, which was up on the second story of a yes, um, I like remember a main that drive. Too. Either way, I I I Mexican beer is hit or miss for me. It can be well made, it can taste like home brew sometimes, which I mean thick and kind of chunky and chewy. The beer on hand wasn't bad. Um, I just don't have high expectations for Mexican craft beer. So it was good. It's called Guadalupulosa. It was a West Coast IPA. Uh not I definitely a drinkable beer. So good job. They're getting better. And uh, lesson learned when you walk, go to Mexico, don't wear sandals, wear shoes. <laughs> Why? What happened? You don't remember? I, I was dumb. I wore flip flops that entire day. All those open sewers. Oh, oh mistake. you're talking about we went to TJ. I see. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot, a lot of friggin' walking that day, too. I feel like my feet would have been on fire and sandals that whole. Yeah. Plus all the poop. Plus all the poop. Yeah. Definitely a lot of poop. Yeah, go go to Tijuana because to come for the poop, stay for the beer and cheap dentistry. Flat butts and pancake guts. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what a beautiful city. Just too bad we didn't get to see a donkey show. Um, so anyways, uh, we're going to move on to we got a little bit of beer news for our intro section before we get to the main body of the podcast. Um, a big beer event happened recently that we thought we'd at least uh, broach the topic you know, we've talked about Great American Beer Festival before in this podcast. We've been to the Great American Beer Festival, but another uh, very large beer judging event is the Brewers Association's World Beer Cup, or the WBC. Uh, that was held. Well, let me double check the date. How recent was that, boys? Christ, I thought the article would have the date that thing was held. Okay, we found it. It looks like it was May 5th, so only a couple weeks ago in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, one thing that's kind of cool about it is that it's a World Beer Cup, so it's from all sorts of different countries from around the world submit their beers. Uh, you know, we're a U.S.-based podcast, so we're probably largely running into U.S. brews and talk about U.S. brews in this podcast. So we thought it was kind of interesting to look at what countries are entering a World Beer Competition. Um, you know, we can't toot our own horn too much, but you know, the United States did dominate in terms of number of entries, putting in a whopping 8,058 beers. Um, for reference, the second highest was Canada at 408 beers. So still a pretty U.S.-centric competition. I, you know, the thing Kevin and I were talking about a little bit was, is it does the United States just make that much more beer, or is it because this is a United States-based beer competition that it's a lot easier probably to submit beers but come on rest of the world catch I, I, up a little bit i think i think it's the former you know it's we we've been doing craft beer since the the 70s here in the states or maybe even earlier and it's just we've had a lot of access to capital we have a lot, a lot of access to um to, to money just to make this a reality and we've practiced it for a lot longer i was just talking about the, the mexican craft beer scene and it's it's not bad it's what you would call up and coming right so they're you know 20 years from now they'll be where we are now hopefully with the right progress so uh, rest of the world, keep doing craft beer. We love craft beer. Don't settle for all the craft beer that we export here in America. Don't don't settle for Bud Light, Budweiser. Those aren't good beers. These are good beers. The ones I want at this festival. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be very interesting to see beers from a lot of these countries. Uh, speaking of Mexico, they had 119 entries compared to, for example, the United Kingdom had 118. <laughs> Got to laugh at some of these. Bulgaria had one entry. <laughs> Latvia had four. There's some 
very uh, minor countries. It there. makes sense to me. It makes sense to me, right? Like Canada's nearby. J- Japan, they actually like craft beer over there, apparently. Australia, they're a bunch of drunks. No surprise there. <laughs> Latin America was well represented, I think, on this bracket. Look at Brazil there, 142. I didn't know yeah. Brazil even had, like, they drank beer there. I thought it was all Caparinas. So the other thing I was looking at was this, where they had the um, – breweries from so 17 countries won an award and they actually had like the winning rate of who had depending on how many entries they put in how many won technically the highest winning rate was ireland winning one medal after putting in six beers um we, we were almost looking at the number of ones won the united states obviously crushed because we had so many entries we had 252 medals won <laughs> it looks like second place was 14 with canada 11 in germany um they were looking at like single digits, six for Japan, five for Belgium. Uh, yeah. so, so certainly well, U.S. focused. Certainly. Good job, Ireland. That's the first time you ever stopped at six beers. <laughs> they did it. Well done. Um, you can actually go on their website on worldbeercup.org and see the winner's list. It'll tell you like every single category and who won it. Again, very similar to GABF. Um, I was looking through this earlier and I noticed you know, my home state of Connecticut did not do very well. I think we only had with one silver medal, I believe, in a Pilsner category for uh, counterweight brewing, which is now closer to me in Cheshire. But uh, their workhorse Pilsner is very good, so we'll say it's it's, it's worthy of some of, you know some applause. Uh, any standouts in on these list, boys, from your uh, from your perusal? I know I saw a lot of North Carolina for Jack. Yes, yes, I know. Incendiary got one. New Serum got one. They're Salisbury, uh, North Carolina brewery for their Russian Imperial Stout. We have talked about New Serum on this podcast before because they might make the best pickle beer, Netflix <gasps> and Dill. It's a very good one. Um, so, yeah, I noticed those two. Um, one, Goose and the Monkey, another one. Good lager brewery here just outside of Winston-Salem and Lexington. I believe they took home a silver medal. So, yeah, well represented. Yeah, I saw at least in one real quick look, there was one Arizona beer that won. I think it was a silver medal. I don't know where it was, but I, it was I there. I see a European dark lager, Bob's Your Dunkle by OHSO Brewery in Gilbert, Arizona. Oso Brewing! There we go. Oso on the list. Yeah, it's, Booyah, uh, here we go. Yeah, but Kevin and I were talking about this earlier. The uh, it, it, it wasn't quite as Western focused as a lot of these beer festivals are, which is nice. Like It seems like most states got Something I saw Burlington, yeah. Vermont was switched back brewing, got an historical beer called Katie's Love Poem. That's interesting. I'm kind of curious the hell that beer is. Even hell, Wyoming took a gold under the uh, wooden barrel aged strong style with the ruckus from Melvin Brewing. Really is all over the place. Like every state seems to be represented at least once. And supposedly there was at least one entry from every state in the United States. So, um, congratulations to the winners. You really, you know, to our audience, you really should go check it out. It's if you're into beer at all, it's just very interesting to see kind of like what states win what categories. I, I noticed like Jack, uh, yeah, that brewery, um, you know, breweries at 40,001 Yancey in Charlotte, there's, there's multiple gold medals from that one brewery. I see they're, they're both victory, like victory apparently did very well in this competition. They had the sunny monkey and then the slow breeze. It was like a Berliner style vice and then a Belgian style table beer. I, I just from perusing this. Oh, Casey, just real quick, another Arizona, Prescott, Arizona, Sunshine Blonde, Lazy G Brew House. Okay, here we go. There you go. Well, I'm kind of surprised, to be honest. I know that I did see a lot of Colorado, obviously, and there's some Californias, but Arizona, what a surprise. Pleasant. I, did, 
I did. I also noticed that Japan won the Irish style red ale, which seems strange when Ireland's in the competition. But, you know, don't be too embarrassed, Ireland. You'll get it next time. (laughs) So, yeah, go check that out. Uh, It's cool data. Um, The only other thing we want to talk about our intro uh, that I haven't gotten to talk about the podcast yet is that not that long ago, um, I got to go check out a homebrew festival in uh, central slash southern Connecticut at um, they call it Smoke in the Valley or the Homebrewers Ball out of Bad Sons Brewing Company in Derby, Connecticut. Very nice facility. Uh, pretty solid beer. And nothing nothing amazing, but pretty solid. A very nice facility, though. But it was my second year going and got to go through. I think I counted it up. It was something like 60 different samples from something like 25, 30 different homebrewers. It's very cool. I'm really, I'm kind of like really getting into these like homebrew festivals, but um, you know, some shout outs to Connecticut based homebrewers. They made some, you know, damn good beer. Uh, and I think the one that won the overall prize, which was like uh, funding towards opening a brewery, I don't know the exact dollar amount, was Spirit Brewing. Um, they were very, very good. They had a peanut butter stout that I know a friend of the podcast, Ryan, had seven to eight samples of. It was one of the sweetest fucking things I ever had in my life, but it was very good. Uh, malpractice brewing, uh, still knocking it out of the park. They've been on a, they've been, they were at the last one as well, and they're very popular. I think they came in second or third. Uh, they have very good sours and IPAs. They also had an ice cream stout that was killer. Uh, but a lot of interesting beers. There was a blueberry lager from G Squared that was very good. Uh, like a, a, a Swedish fish shandy from Bad Fisherman that I liked. Um, you know, Golden Domers had a good West Coast IPA. I know Highland Homebrew, you know, I did not win their raffle for a bunch of free beer. So fuck you, Highland Homebrew. But they had a good uh, sunlight. It was a cranberry goza. Uh, then there was one called Forest King that had a had like a weed beer. I don't think it had actual THC in it, but it was called Sativa. And it kind of tasted like weed a little bit, but it actually was kind of good. <laughs> it was like weed and spruce. Like they have some strange beers at these things but sometimes they work surprisingly well um so as i know that's you know i got to get a few people to go that hadn't gone to a homebrew thing before and um they were all kind of had the same opinion going into it like oh homebrew beer is gonna suck like these guys don't know what they're doing and then they left and everyone's like man that was some of the best beer i've ever had so i more wanted to just highlight it real quick just to say anyone's listening um if you ever get a chance to go to a homebrew thing it's very cool meet a bunch of people that are just sometimes just a dude in a cooler brewing out of his garage one guy took like a rolling trash can and turned it into like a kegerator or whatever the hell you want to call it and was serving beer off a trash can, which I thought was great. So they're just like, they're really nice guys. You know, it's fun to talk to them and see what they're doing and try a bunch of weird beers. And, and yes, a lot of them are an untapped. So you do get your untapped check-ins for, you know, for the more neurotic among you, um, AKA myself. So uh, shout out to that beer festival. Absolutely. We'll go back. Uh, they, they have a lot of good beer festivals here. I think I talked about April Sours as well. So, um, homebrew still kicking it. I hope some of those breweries get a chance to turn into a, an actual tap room because some of the places that have tap rooms maybe don't deserve it. Shout out Powder Hollow. Okay, so we're going to move on to the body of this podcast. But before we do that, a quick shout out to our sh- socials. Uh, go check us out on Instagram, untapped at counterpints, C O U N T E R P I N T S. That is our handle, all lowercase, one word. And our voicemail line is still open at 774-224-0708. Drop us a line, why don't you? So with that, we're going to go into our body, which is a bracket-style format this week. 
uh, talking about a topic that I think we've maybe alluded to before. And it's a topic that really, if you're going to have a group of white guys, um, you know, in their 20s to 30s sitting down on a podcast, it's probably going to come up at some point. And that is the American version of uh, a beloved show, The Office, which, uh, you know, unfortunately does not exist anymore. It ran from 2005 to 2013. Netflix binge supreme. It's not on Netflix anymore, correct? Wasn't that like a big deal when it was taken off? Yeah, That's sad. True. Yeah, it's on Peacock. Oh, that's right. Because it's an NBC show. Gross. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to take a bracket, um, a 12-player bracket for our favorite office character. Um, We we had to do a bit of a a fierce debate about this, and we removed three major characters that we were worried would bulldoze the list, uh, you know, a la Timon and Pumbaa, a la um, Saving Private Ryan. So... We took off Michael Scott, Dwight Schrute, and Jim Halpert. Pretty much every list we found online of like best office characters, those were always the top three. So we said, how boring is that if we're just going to use uh, the same you know, three? So here are our contestants. We'll go over the matchups. Um, our first matchup is going to be Daryl against Ryan. We'll just stick to first names. You'll know who I'm talking about. We're going to go then to Creed against Phyllis. We've got Stanley against Kelly, then Oscar against Angela. And then that leaves us, leaves us, I know how to talk, with four buys. We've got Kevin, Toby, Pam, and Andy. Andy Bernard. All right, boys, we might as well start it off because we've got some, uh, got some office-based debate to go through. Daryl against Ryan, our first matchup. Let's start with Kevin. I like Daryl. I like Daryl because he constantly... He's not afraid to fuck with Michael, right? True. Fluffy fingers, right? Get up in their face, fluffy fingers. <laughs> At the same time, Ryan is one of the guys who's also willing to fuck with Michael, but he's a coward about it. Like he just is, he's scared to get caught. He's scared to be the boss of Michael. He just doesn't know what to do. And Michael's not the most intimidating guy, but if you're intimidated by Michael Scott, you have no business being his boss. You also have no business moving on. I like Ryan. He was a writer of the show. PJ Novak, good guy, but Daryl, put him through. All right, we've got to vote for Daryl. Let's go to Jack. Yeah, this one's pretty easy for me. I'm just going by off of who I laughed at more. I think Daryl and Michael's situations together were great. My vote's for Daryl. Yeah, they had, a, they had a good chemistry for sure. Casey, 2-0, Daryl's favorite. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I, I agree with everything that Jack and Kevin have said, and I agree. For me, I'm going to vote for Daryl. I just think uh, the one thing that Kevin said that I really resonated with me is, how much of a coward Ryan was, even when Ryan was Michael's boss at corporate, he was still just a little bitch and was afraid of Michael. Uh, so uh, for that reason, you know, you got to go, Ryan. And, and I agree, really great writer, really funny at times, but Daryl and Michael together was, oh man, there's some great moments that I'm sure will come up uh, in the next round. So Daryl moves on. Let's go. Okay, three for Daryl. Um, I'll make mine brief. I was also going to vote Daryl. I liked him a lot. He clapped back at Michael. Is that, is that scene like the Willy Wonka episode where Michael comes storming in? And he's like, Daryl, you idiot. You idiot. Daryl goes, stop. Start over. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know what? Daryl's a great character. Hey, Ryan, I just find, I don't know. He, he has some funny moments. Like, he's getting picked on. Like you said, he's kind of like a wussy and I don't know, just kind of a bland character to me, not my favorite. So I also picked Daryl, which will give him a 4-0 sweep, bringing him into the second round. 
Let's go to the next one. Creed against Phyllis or Lady Bob Vance. Let's go to Jack first. Yeah, Creed had some moments, uh, but I don't know. Some of the things Phyllis did with just her like kind of quiet, calm demeanor, pretty freaking funny. I'm going to give my vote to Phyllis. All right, vote for Phyllis. Let's go to Kevin. Uh, I feel like I have to vote for Phyllis, given that I'm in the Midwest and she's like quintessential uh, <laughs> Minnesota, don't don't you know, kind of person. Um, but the office finale was a little bit weird. They tried to give everybody a happy ending or at least a clean ending. And Creed's ending was the best one of them all. Everybody had a forced ending. Ryan, who just got eliminated, had this shitty ending where he stole Kelly back from some pediatrician by abandoning a baby at a wedding. Shitty person, right? Creed, <laughs> his story wrapped up nicely, right? He, it turns out he was in a cult the entire time. and Or he was in a cult at one point. You make more money as a leader, but you have more fun as a follower. <laughs> That's he, right. he just He's such a great, complex character. And I love the way his arc ended where he got arrested for whatever it was, please find the cop. So free gets my vote. Okay, here we go. All right. Um, I'm going to go next. I, this one was easy for me. Phyllis, another character, like, you know, had some moments, you know, I don't know. Just, I, I, I had her as a low seat because I just, I can't think of a lot of good Phyllis moments, to be honest. And Creed, I think of as like a moments machine because he has so many like good quotes. I, I was thinking of the one where they're doing the fake murder in Savannah thing and <laughs> tell him he walks into the room and they go, oh, there's been a murder. He's like, I'll be right back. And he runs into his car and drives out of the parking lot. He's so good. There's a lot of great Creed scenes that I could think of. He's playing hooky from work where they're on that bus trip and he gets on the bus and he's getting, he's, he's oh yeah, I played hooky today and looks up and it's everyone from the office. And he goes, oh my God, it's, it's so good. Just a really wild card ass character. Reminds me kind of like Charlie Kelly from Always Sunny a little bit. Like, you don't know what the fuck he's going to do in a given scene, which I appreciate chaos. My vote. Absolutely goes to Creed. I want to change my vote. I'm going Ooh. with Creed. That I forgot about the murder one. And also <laughs> such a good scene. The quality control, the watermark on the paper when he was supposed to go to the the plant and oh, missed yeah. it, and then he calls in and gets someone fired who had a dentist appointment that day. <laughs> Creed gets my vote. Oh my god! All right, we're gonna move Jack's vote to Creed, leaving Casey as the last vote. So I was I, I was originally gonna pick. Uh, Creed as well, but God, I forgot about the murder one where he just gets up and leaves. Oh, God. He just runs. That's so funny. Oh, man. And he, he, you know what's funny? He has these, like, he either says the most, like, outlandish shit or you, like, miss what he says. But what I've found is when you go back and rewatch and you find some of his lines, you're just like, and I mean, it's fair. He doesn't have a lot of lines, um, but when he does, it's like, oh, man, that was good. That one was funny, and you might have missed it the first time. You actually have to, like, in essence, pay attention a little bit. So, uh, but, yeah, and I really love the hooky one where he's, like, all happy. He's, like, getting out of this bus. <laughs> he's, he's in, like, that and, pinstripe suit. Yep, yep, and he's, like, ha-ha, yeah. just playing hooky from work today and looks up and goes, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> great oh it's great anyway uh creed moves on let's go he's like he's like used sparingly but very effectively i always thought okay so creed will absolutely move on with a 4-0 sweep over phyllis bringing him so apparently we're in uh, agreement so far with some 4-0s let's go to stanley 
against Kelly. Funny enough, a quick anecdote. We do love anecdotes in the podcast. The actor who plays Stanley, I forget his name, Leslie something. Is, am I right? Uh, Leslie, uh, I, I definitely heard it. I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, he was he was like uh, at a food truck park 10 minutes from where I live, I think, last week. Fortunately, I wasn't able to make it because it was just at a time. Plus, I didn't want to spend $40 for a picture with him. Come on, Stanley, please. But they had like a pretzel judging competition, so they were, you know, going off pretzel day in, you know, office jokes, et cetera. But, you know, I could have met him. Apparently he lives in the New England area and goes to like a lot of local sports games. I think he's also did some announcements at the uh, at a Yard Goats game. Kind of weird. But anyway, Stanley against Kelly. Um, I'll start this one off. I actually struggled to listen to a little bit more than I thought. Kelly is kind of low-key funny sometimes. Um as kind of the, you know, the whole relationship being obsessed with Ryan. Um, but I don't know. Stanley, Stanley's great, man. I, I had a hard time kind of finding an argument against him. The old office grump just wants to go home. He has the whole, like, the heart attack and thing in the pretzel day. And there's, I know, there's some behind the scenes, behind the scenes footage with him that I, I always remember as being funny when uh, he's screaming, he wants to go home or something makes uh, Michael, Michael laugh, AKA, why am I forgetting his name? Steve Carell. But, uh, Funny character, a lot of good moments with him. Um, <laughs> what's what's the thing when I, somebody remind me? He says like, "Yeah, you know, we must have lost your mind, boy, because I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to help. I'm about to help you find mine because I'll help you find I'll it. I'll help you find it." <laughs> yeah, he's great. That, the, the act, he had a lot of energy in that role. Just like dude, the dude bellowed. He just, you know, he t- takes command of the scene. So uh, Stanley's funny. He definitely gets my vote. Um, let's go to Kevin. It's Stanley. Because of Florida Stanley. Florida Stanley had tons of affairs. He liked to live fast and you know, leave a sexy corpse or whatever the rule was. Eight ass. He, he was so loose and chill. He scared Jim. Like, complete 180 <laughs> from who he is in Pennsylvania. Florida Stanley is just so relaxed and chill that it scared Jim. He gets my vote. <laughs> He was supposed to have like a. Wasn't he trying to fund like a spinoff of Florida Stanley? Basically, if I if I remember, there was some there was some weird shit going on behind the scenes after the show ended. Um, okay, two votes for Stanley. Let's go to Casey. Yeah, so I, I agree. This one's a, a tough one to an, <laughs> uh, to an extent, um, but I, you know I got to give Kelly and and uh, what's her is it what's the actress's name. Uh, Mindy something. Mindy Kaling, Kaling, yeah, Kaling, yeah, Kaling. She got to her spinoff, the Mindy Project, because of this. Oh show. yeah, that's right. Um, and I, uh, during the research for this, she's a she was a writer, and they actually credit her with a bunch of the, um, like really famous episodes and stuff that she came up with. So you know, hats off to her. Um, one of my favorite moments of hers was when she was going to business school. And in the episode, she just starts saying like random like things about business in their meetings and shit. And it's like not even relevant. It's kind of like when you get some of these folks that like, you know, have watched Law and Order and they start saying like objection or sustain or oh, just yeah, random right. shit. She says it about business school. And I just think that's so funny. But uh, I'm sorry, but Stanley has to get my vote. Uh, I love the fact that he is just like five o'clock comes, he's out of there. Like he is not staying a minute longer. <laughs> I love when they like try and fuck with him and, and move the clock backwards. And he's like, wait a second. And he looks at his watch and he goes, 
uh-uh, that one's, that clock is slow. That clock is wrong. And he just packs up and leaves. I just absolutely love it. Or when he's asleep and they, they put the, the cardboard screen over his monitor. Oh, it's right. Um, yep. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. Stanley's got to get my vote. Let's go. I feel like Stanley's like a very real character. Yes, uh, absolutely. Like, I feel like I feel like you definitely know a Stanley in your office. Kelly's like a caricature. Like she's just she she's immature and naive, but also has this irrational confidence that just doesn't seem to balance well. It's just hard to reconcile. As this, I can't believe this is a real person. Mindy Cowling, great writer. You're absolutely right, Casey, that she gets all the credit for making some of the best episodes, but uh, she shouldn't be moving on here. As as a character, Kelly wasn't that great. And that's, what, that's all we have to judge on for this bracket, don't we? Okay, we've got three for Stanley and his nickels. Let's go to Jack. Keep it simple. Make it four. Stanley gets my vote. Keep it simple, stupid. Did I stutter? So he's like about to burst some energy. Okay, another four. Oh, sweep. Stanley over Kelly. Brings him into the second round for our last matchup of the first round. We've got Oscar against Angela. This is an interesting matchup. Um, let's start with uh, Kevin on this one. So don't know how to vote on this one. Oscar's kind of a bland character, and Angela is just despicable. Um, so I really don't, honestly, don't know how to vote. Um, I know they had their arc where they're, you know, she ended up married to a state senator who was secretly closeted, and Oscar was cheating on, or she was cheating on Angela with Oscar, and it was just a crazy. Yep. Crazy story that felt a little contrived to, to kind of ramrod these two characters together who didn't really get along and have been antagonistic the entire series. Uh, this is kind of feels like one of the ones where I hope none, none, none of them win. Maybe they won't make it past the next round given who's waiting for them. But uh, let's put let's put Oscar through just because the person waiting for the winner of this round in the next round will not like Angela. So <laughs> that's true. Okay, what? Sense, I promise those it'll make sense in a few rounds. Okay, I'm into it. Casey for the second vote. Yeah. <laughs> I I you know, Angela has her moments. Um, but I just find Oscar to have a better storyline. I mean, and, and Kevin's right, they do kind of ramrod these two characters together. And I, I get like Angela's this like Christian woman who, you know, has all these problems with the way the offices run or people act or what they wear um, and what they say. And, um, you know, Oscar's obviously gay. And so she doesn't like that, but I think Oscar's character brings more to the table. And then other than like Angela, obviously has that like love affair with um, Dwight. And then from Dwight goes to another character that will soon be mentioned um, to Kevin's (laughs) point. Um, but it's, I, I just, I like Oscar better as a character. I think his storyline's better. Um, and I, I find Angela to be kind of annoying sometimes, which I'm sure is her purpose and her, the point of herself for that. You know, I got to put Oscar through. She's just, she's mean, man. She bullies the crap out of Phyllis <laughs> and Pam. Like she's True. just, she's you're not wrong. Little bossy little bitch. Bitch. She's a bitch. Yeah. It's uh, I guess I'll go third on this one. Um, Two for Oscars so far. Kind of a tough one. I'm with Kevin. It's almost like it's two side characters that are like, I feel like kind of very to the side at times. Like they have vocal moments, but basically Angela's just, you know, kind of puritanical, likes the cats, very stiff. I mean, that's the character. Tends to like, you know, kind of get some more sides for as the series goes on. Oscar's like, 
office gossip, snarky, you know, some some good gay jokes and things like that in there. Between the two, I don't know. I'm kind of struggling. I think I thought of a couple of funnier moments with Angela, though, with the cats. Like, I, I'm thinking of the fire drill where she throws her cat through the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> save Bandit whips him into the ceiling. Great moment. It finally, a cat falls out of another ceiling panel. I'm like, that alone kind of almost gives the edge to Angela. Uh, you know, Oscar was had a lot of good rips on Michael. Uh, it, it just kind of shits on him a lot for being an idiot, which is fair. Um, but overall, I, you know what? I think I'm, I'm going to give a very slight edge to Angela. Like her character made me laugh more. He's like that very rigid, like overly rigid straight man to a lot of the goofiness of the other characters. Whereas I don't know, Oscar's shtick was kind of the samey the whole time, but they're both hard. So I'll give one to Angela two to one. Um, Jack with the last vote. This is a tough one. Battle of the accounting wing. Um, <laughs> That's right. Forgot about that. I think one of the funniest storylines they had late was Angela dating the state senator who oh, was yeah, really yeah. gay and real uh, with having an affair with with Oscar. <laughs> pretty damn funny there. Um, and Oscar just kind of low key going along with whatever Angela said, but deep down knows what's what's really happening. I think Oscar's going to get my vote here as well, just for that reason. <laughs> yeah, that was a hell of an arc. <laughs> not wrong. Okay, so it'll give Oscar a 3-1 win over Angela. Our first, uh, that was not a 4-0 sweep. You know, that that's always good, boys. All right, so let's do a quick recap of the first round. Uh, Daryl took a 4-0 sweep over Ryan. Creed, a 4-0 sweep over Phyllis. Stanley, a 4-0 sweep over Kelly. And Oscar with a 3-1 victory over Angela. Okay, so that brings us to our second round. We've got Kevin against Daryl. Oof. Boy, I'm going to go first on this one. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, boys. I think Kevin physically and, you know, metaphorically is my juggernaut of this bracket. Kevin Malone is always one of my favorite characters in The Office. Uh, Brian, what is it? Brian Baumgartner or something like that. Baumgartner. I can't remember his weird last name. But it's very bizarre to see him talking in real life when he does not have, you know, Kevin Malone's kind of delayed style of talking. But um the episode where he drops the chili everywhere is just one of the greatest moments in the entire office it's just so good it's so good he's he's just a great character you know stupid but like well-meaning he's kind of like it's like a he's like a nice character you root for him but he just has moments that are so funny i always think of the one i think it's an earlier office episode where he's skipping words to like save time in his talking because what is it i looked it up while we were talking I said, this is so me think, why waste time say lot word when few word do trick? I love, I love, by the way, so I live in San Diego, as you guys know. I was at SeaWorld the other day, and I thought about Kevin Malone. Kevin, what do you want to do with all this time you're saving? SeaWorld. You mean you want to go to SeaWorld, or do you want to see the world? SeaWorld, ocean, fishes, beach. Boy, that could be both. SeaWorld. I see world. <laughs> few word do trick. Yeah, he's he's fucking hilarious. I I do love Daryl. Daryl's a great character. He has some good moments, but like Kevin's just like funny every fucking time he's on screen, and I think he's one of the best characters in the show. Absolutely gets my vote. Let's go to Jack. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I think Daryl could probably advance if you were playing somebody else. Um, but in this one, that's right. That 
that chili scene with him on his hands and knees trying to <laughs> scoop it, back, it, scoop it back in. <laughs> when, and then when Packer takes a dump in Michael's office and Kevin goes in there and he's like banging on the door, like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> so good. Kevin's so good. He gets my vote. This doesn't like Holly thinks he's like <laughs> mentally uh, disabled at one point in the yeah, show. You think I'm retarded? <laughs> <laughs> like, She's like, oh, good for you. Oh, you have your own car. <laughs> Would you like an M&M? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so good. So good. All right. That's two for Kevin. Let's go to uh, Kevin. So, yeah, you guys have both referenced the, uh, the chili scene in your in your bit here i actually i get mocked and i mock myself with the line kevin's famous chili every time i fuck something up <laughs> there oh yeah there's kevin's famous chili right there <laughs> that one up it's okay everybody's gonna get to know each other in the pot uh i'll give it to my namesake right uh i think daryl is a bit more of a foil the way they use him he doesn't really have a lot of like sustained arc himself he's always there as a as a foil or as a counterpoint to Michael, if you remember, right? When Michael builds a secret fort in the office, the meeting ends with the forklift pulling out and Daryl saying, but I tell you about building a fort in my, my, uh, in my warehouse. Like that's just how they use Daryl. He's got a lot of good one-liners, yeah. a lot of good short things. Kevin's just kind of always around. So uh, he gets my vote. He is, is secretly, like I think the unsung hero of the office, right? Just, he, he is the he is the patsy that everybody needs to have around. The office didn't work when he got fired. Dwight had to go and apologize to him to make sure his wedding day was appropriate. He was he was undervalued. <laughs> He's good. It's a hell of a performance. All right, Casey, you got the last vote. Okay, well, I mean, everything you boys have said leading up to me is is spot on. I think um, Kevin dropping the chili, Kevin's famous chili. Um, is might be one of the most iconic scenes um, in the office. I just think it was fucking hilarious how he drops it and then tries to scoop it all back in. I, I mean, I can't. Um, one thing I will say, and I know it, a lot of the characters do it, but I think one of the things that Kevin does, and I would say Daryl is probably number two at it, is during the show, because right, the, the show is to take places, it's like this documentary being filmed right and that's why there's interview pieces and stuff like that but one of the things i love that kevin does is when something happens like from his interviewer or whatever he always tends to look at the camera and he does that a lot throughout (laughs) the course of the show but the other person who does it a lot at least in my mind that i've noticed is daryl like daryl say something or like michael will come into the office and he's saying something and um, Daryl will look at the camera and just be like, oh my God, what the fuck? Or what he's <laughs> fucking with Michael. I think these two characters do that spectacularly. Other characters do it, but I think Kevin does it like way more and does it phenomenally. I also think just the 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 lines that Kevin comes up with are fucking hilarious. And uh I just think that's that's incredible. So my vote is Kevin. Moves on. Let's go. I've been, I've been just watching. I've been reading up like on moments from the show. <laughs> they were talking about Dwight giving a back massage to Kevin. He's like, need it like a pizza. <laughs> Fuck, man. God damn it. I'm like laughing over here. All right. So that's four zero sweep for Kevin over Daryl. He will advance to the semifinals. 
Uh, next, we've got Toby against Creed. I think this is an interesting matchup. Um, we'll go in reverse here. Let's start, Casey. So I think this is this is a good matchup. Uh, it's it's one of those ones where, like, obviously Toby gets shot on by Michael the entirety of um, the series when Michael's there, right? And even when Toby is not there, right? He's gone. He's on vacation or he leaves or whatever. And Michael just shits on him. And then one of the things I can remember is when um, they tell him that they tell Michael Toby's back and he just thinks it's a joke. Like, ha 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 ha. They're like, no, go back there and see. And he goes back to his desk and he's not there. And then he turns around and Toby's just there. The look on Michael's face where he's just like, no, no, no. Uh, I just think that's fucking hilarious. Um, But again, like I said, Creed just has these little one-liners that I think are incredible. Doesn't say a lot, but are incredible. The other one with Toby is in that same episode when he asked, when Michael has to go to therapy and Toby is the therapist, all HR folks. And so they do a therapy. Oh God, it's so funny. So this is a really tough one. Um, I'm going to go with probably the, I'm going to go with what to me is funny and that is Creed. I just think his one-liners, they are, what, what was the term you used, Matt? They are, um, there's not very many of them, but when he speaks, they're incredible. I loved your the, the suck, phrase. Suck your I said, sparingly I know. used. Sure. Yeah, sparingly, but effective or something like that. So yeah, yeah. for me, it's Creed. All right. That's a vote for Creed. Um, I'll go second on this one. It's I was kind of thinking about it. Actually, I don't think it's that hard for me. Toby was funny. He was more used almost as a device for Michael Scott to bounce off of because that was a big part of his, you know, entire thing of the show was getting ripped on by Michael. And like Casey was talking about, there were some very good moments such as the, you know, (laughs) Michael not believing Toby was back in the office. And then he had the whole thing with Pam and, you know, awkwardly kind of going for her. He he has some good moments, very deadpan kind of sense of humor. Um, You know, my personal hatred of human resources also makes that character funny because he's, that's always like a big joke is that HR doesn't do anything in that office because they're constantly harassing each other and yada, yada, yada. But um, Toby's funny, but man, some of the Creed moments are just so fucking good. Like when Creed's funny, you know, I, I, that was, I was also reading the moment where he, he said he wasn't, his name wasn't actually Creed Bratt. And he said like the last man who stole from me disappeared. That man's name, Creed Bratt. And it's just, it's just very good. He's, the guy, that guy, his delivery, I don't know the name of the actor, but his delivery is very, very funny. Um, definitely my vote over Toby. So a second vote for Creed. I would move him through. I think he was a little undervalued at times. Let's go to Jack. Yeah, the actor's name is Creed Pratt. That's oh, his real oh, name. God damn it, of course it is. See, just <laughs> constant jokes. Um, but yeah, it's, he's a, he's an awesome character. His, his one-liners are great. I think you guys have, have hit it a couple times, but Toby's funny because Michael can't stand him. And so his funny moments come because of Michael, like his last day when Michael gives him a gift and it's just a rock that says, fuck you on it. I mean, that is so good. But I got to go with Creed too, because he's just, I mean, it's just funnier, but man, the Michael Toby moments, we could do a bracket on those. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I will say real quick um, to the fact that Creed's name is Creed. They did that a lot in this show, or at least I know another one. So like Phyllis, the woman who plays Phyllis was actually an, an um, casting agent 
And I, I think the story goes, I heard this story a while ago, was that like, she was like telling the casting people or the, the actors who are auditioning, like how to be her. And everyone just kind of at one point looked at each other and went, why the fuck is she doing this? Why isn't she just Phyllis? And so they like put her through a, like a little test and they went, yeah, you deserve to be Phyllis. And so she was Phyllis and they based the character off of her and like her name. Um, fun fact, I think is, is what I remember hearing. So they do that a lot in this show where the, the characters are like kind of, you know, run with the same names when they're unique. Phyllis does have big Phyllis energy. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> I was trying to look I was trying to look at some of the actors names and then I got distracted by how attractive John Krasinski is like his picture on IMDb was like, wowie, goddamn. I hate that man. I hate him. Um, but yeah, so, so we've got three votes for Creed with that. We go to Kevin for the last vote. Can you change our minds? I know he's a huge Toby fan. I mean, I do wear all beige on casual Friday <laughs> when I like I went shopping at a Mervyn's, um, I do often mistake caprese salad for for pot. I do. I have been oh, yeah, lighting right. up, lighting, lighting up a, a you know the spinach leaf with a the mozzarella ball at the end of it. But great, uh, great. no, I'm sorry. You guys made all perfect points, right? Toby's there primarily as a foil to Michael. Just he's like almost literally the opposite kind of person. Just quiet and and then Jim even parodies Toby like that the same way. Just kind of mealy mouth and. Uh, Good for you, Toby, for, for making it as long as you did. Uh, sorry things didn't work out in Costa Rica. It's not <laughs> going right. to work, work out here either. Damn. Give, give my vote to Creed. See you, Toby. All right, that'll be a 4-0 sweep for Creed over Toby. Getting some strong semifinals matchups. We go to Pam against Stanley. Uh, Kevin, cracking his knuckles. Uh, really wanted to talk about Pam. Um, Jenna Fisher, don't listen to this. If cover yours. Kevin, go ahead. Pam's the worst character on the office. Hands down. <sighs> damn, damn. That's all it needs to be said. I think there's plenty of line. Happy to argue with anybody on this one. Uh, she's a flake. She's she flirts with Roy. I sorry, she flirts with Jim while she's with Roy. She ruins Jim's dream or tries to ruin Jim's dream about following his own career. She is a lousy salesperson. She is Gosh, I can't. I don't really know where to start. There's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of media, right? She's just, she's just the fucking worst. I think that relationship was fun to watch when we were, when I was young. Like, oh God, they're so, they're so adorable. And then you kind of get older, you get a little more into life, and you have some shit happen to you, and you realize, wait a minute, that was a toxic relationship. And Pam's the worst. I'm not bitter about anything. Don't worry. <laughs> so, it's, so it's a vote for Pam then. That, that, no, no, no. Pam's the worst at the vote for Stanley. Oh, okay. Don't, don't try to trick me here. Don't try to trick me here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. A strong vote for Stanley. Um, I, I'll, I'll go. And I, something Kevin put down, I'm going to pick up here, and he's, I, he's right, is that I think, to me, Pam's real purpose in the show is just it was, as a young, when I was younger, it was, like, fun to watch her and Jim slowly like get together and then once they were together pam started to suck <laughs> like i just remember even even then back then i was like man I, do i not like pam anymore and because he was one supportive of jim and she just got nasty and there was that whole thing what with that camera guy and she just was all over the place she, they didn't make her look that good and i do feel like the longer 
you know, more time passes, the more I do hear from people like Kevin that, like, man, Pam really was awful. <laughs> really nasty character if you really think about it. Uh, Here's go my in. theory. Go ahead. Here's my theory. Sorry to interrupt. If you had to pick another character to replace Pam that you actually gave a shit about on The Office was the relationship. If you had a choice between Pam, caring about Pam, caring about Jim, or caring about Jim and Pam, Pam wouldn't make the cut. It'd be Jim and Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam had its own character. That was what people cared about. That drew, that put butts in the chairs, eyeballs on the screen. And Jim was funny by himself. Pam by herself is not good. Yeah, I'm like trying to think of Pam moments. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of, she's kind of was more of a straight man that reacted to Michael half the time. And then, you know, the whole thing with Jim, obviously. But yeah, she's not great. Um, Stanley, definitely a lot funnier, uh, you know. But I remember at the time I was very emotionally invested in, you know, the episode of the casino night and they go back to the office and they kiss. And, you know, how old was I when that happened? My teens, I guess, like late teens. And I was like, I was like, wow. That's that's so beautiful. Romance is alive and well. <laughs> my heart grew three sizes that night. That goes, that goes back to my point, though, which is all the really good, memorable, like romantic episodes are about their relationship, not yeah. You know, no, I agree. Big moments. It's about the kiss. It's about getting together. It's about the wedding. It's about all these other things. But there's a lot of other episodes in between those, like headstone, potentially milestones, where yeah. it's just shitty. Yeah, I gotta admit, I agree with you. I'm gonna give my vote to Stanley. Two, nothing. Let's go to Jack. Yeah, I think I'd say one of the better Pam moments was when she got drunk at Chili's at the Dundies. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Who uh, hasn't been drunk at a Chili's, really? Yeah, like, and then it's kind of similar to Toby. Like, a lot of her moments, her funny moments, are because of other characters. Whereas Stanley, you know, kind of a quiet guy who hates his job and gets excited about a day where a pretzel vendor comes. I mean, how does that guy not move on to the next round? You got to put Stanley through. He gets my vote. Yeah. I was like trying to look through like Pam moments online, like Chili's one. It was, it was more just like awkward because of Michael, something, you know, Jim and Pam getting together. Like, yeah, by herself didn't, didn't stand, didn't stand tall. Casey, the final vote. I'm telling you having a dog on your cord it makes it really tough to talk. <laughs> the old he, cord dog. Yeah, he got up and wanted to leave and just about ripped <laughs> my computer off the desk. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, you know, I think from a, a funny standpoint, um, Pam doesn't bring a lot, and I think you're right. I think it be it's her funniness is because of other characters, but I think what she does bring, right? And I and I've seen this a couple times and. And some of these lists I was looking at, you know, Pam is the mom of the office and mm. Phyllis was the grandma of the office. You know, I, I'm pretty sure Michael Scott refers to Phyllis as the uh, grandmother of the office. Um, but I think Pam kind of takes on that mother role, right? She's there to, to, to help others. And that's her role. I don't think she's there with a comedic twist. Mm-hmm. Regardless, though, it's 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 it, it, you got to encompass it all, right? Like this is a comedy. It's not a a drama. It's not um, you know this it's this isn't this is us, right? This is a <laughs> comedy on NBC. Like you got to bring the heat, and she has her moments, but it's not to the level um, of, of Stanley and what Stanley brings. And again, like I said, I think a lot of people can relate to Stanley. Doesn't matter how old you are or young you are. Just that, you know, job that is just like, fuck, this is just a job. And this is a nine to five. As soon as five comes, I'm motherfucking out of here. 
and I don't care what anyone says or does. If you guys want to go get drinks after the after work, that's up to you guys. I'm I'm going home. <laughs> and I think a lot of people can relate to that. I'm sure there's moms out there that can relate to Pam. I'm not a mom. I can't relate. I don't think she brings a lot in terms of a comedic feel to it. I do think she brings some things to uh, the show that a lot of people like, but it's not comedy. And for me, that 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 character arc is kind of flat. So for that reason, I think Stanley brings so much more of a character arc. And I'm going with Stanley. Let's go. Well, in a way, it's kind of like, we're being forced to compare like straight men characters to like comedy characters. And that's kind of tough because the funny ones are probably going to win. Whereas, you know, but you need to balance off the comedic characters. Sometimes it's where you have a Toby, it's where you have a, exactly. that's a good point. sometimes where you have a gym, like they serve a different purpose, but yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to go over which character do I like the best. You're probably going to pick the funny one, which is what I've been picking. So, um, Stanley will go a 4-0 sweep over Pam. Uh, in Kevin's words, Pam can rot in hell. And we're going to move on to the last match of the second round. We've got Andy Bernard, the Nard Dog, against Oscar. Let's start with Jack. Yeah, this one, I, I feel like I might be, maybe not in this round, but maybe in future rounds. I didn't like Andy at the start, but man, did he grow on me. There are some really really funny moments like you're even early on when he's you know with jim and in stanford and they're playing call of duty and he like gets just too intense with it and to a point where jim gets freaked out that was funny uh when he punches the wall because jim (laughs) hit his cell phone that was good and then obviously the wedding when he cuts his scrotum with his keys oh and he's like (laughs) his line when he wakes up the next day he's just like Spent the night with the bride before the wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so good. Andy gets my vote. All right. We got an early vote for Andy. Let's go to Casey. I forgot about that when he's being interviewed. <laughs> Spent the night with the bride. Oh, God. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, you know, Oscar's got his moments. He really does. But I think Andy's funny. You know, just the fact that he's always vying for Michael Scott's um, attention as well as, um, you know, his admiration for Michael and wants to impress him. Uh, the fact that he's just all about acapella, uh, and he's always talking about going to Cornell, the big red, um, which by the way, a fucking donkey could get into Cornell. So it ain't that real, that impressive. Got him. It's the shittiest of all the Ivies. It's also the easiest to get into of all the Ivies. They so. do love to talk about being from Cornell, though. Oh, my God. I sort of know right? Cornell grads. Like, it's brutal. Like, yeah, we and get it's it. Like, it's like, but it's Cornell. Like, congratulations. That's like, you know, if you're, you, you know, that's like saying you went to ASU. I'm sorry. It kind of <laughs> is. Like, fucking, it's not that great. And it's in the shittiest, it's in one of the shittiest parts of New York. So, fuck off. Um, anyway. But just, I, I love everything about him. And obviously his, he kind of intertwines with just about every, every character, you know, obviously the, him uh, and Angela have their, um, you know, their love affair. Uh, and yet then he tries to get with Aaron and, and, you know, and then that whole situation that is kind of later in the series. Um, but I, I just think his fucking, um, they're not necessarily one-liners either. They're more like his character arc as well as his just comments and how he thinks he's like impressive 
uh, to me. I think I find that so funny, and he like talks himself up. Uh, so for that and that reason, Andy, I think wins this one by a mile. All right, we've got two for Andy. Uh, I'm gonna go third on this one, boys. I'm gonna say this. You know, Kevin hates Pam. I really hate Andy. If there's a character in this show I've never liked, it was Andy Bernard from day one. Jack said he was annoying at first and he grew into him. I never grew into Andy. I found him so annoying. It was like the most try-hard ass character, which was the point of the character, to be fair. Um, but you know, just just the absolute like need for attention and was just trying to one up everybody. And it's just like it's like I feel like I knew a guy like Andy Bernard, and it just bugged me the whole show. I just too much, like too much as a character. I, I get it. It was the purpose, but still got right under my skin. I never really found him that funny. He was, I, I remember while like actively watching the show and it was still going on. I was like, Christ, I hope they just get him off the show. Something happens to him. It's just the relationship between him and Aaron. I didn't care about it. It just felt like a shitty version of Jim and Pam. He just had a lot of annoying moments where I just didn't like the character. Um, you know, there were some occasional funny ones. So Oscar, I feel like is more of a neutral character that like is fine, had some okay moments, didn't bug me. So I'm going to take the neutral one over the negative one. Um, Ed Helms is funny, but his character was not. So I'm giving my vote to Oscar. Let's go to Kevin. Yeah, Andy definitely has some flaws, Matt, and uh, maybe those will catch up to him to him in a later round against a stronger competitor. But uh-huh. to your point, Oscar's going to bland. Mm. And any any man that can use the Toyota Prius to win a duel gets my vote. So Andy <laughs> gets my vote. That's great. Yeah, no, Oscar is a bit bland. So we'll give uh, Andy a 3-1 win over Oscar. Goodbye, Oscar, sweet prince. Okay, so before we get to our third round of semifinals, I'm going to do a quick beer check-in. I'm the only one. Uh, Jack, shout out to you on this one. I still have not drank all the beers you sent me. I go through them slow. I savor them. So we've got the uh, Shift Turquoise from Incendiary Brewing Company, a New England-style India pale ale brewed with Talus, Citra, and Simcoe hops. Not very familiar with Talus, but knowing Incendiary's uh, reputation, I bet it'll be a pretty good IPA. Let's give it a quick crack. Boom. All right. So we're going to start off with what I think is a very hard matchup. We've got Kevin Malone against Creed Bratton. Two uh, heavy hitter comedy characters. Uh, I'm struggling here. So naturally, I'll take the blame off myself and we'll go right to Kevin. That puts it all out there, right? You know who he is. He ne- He's just, he's all out there. Creed is the kind of wild card Charlie Day-esque character that you don't want all out there, right? Yeah. Why when Ryan set up a blog for Creed, he created a <laughs> Word document that was <laughs> www.creed slash backslash real thoughts or something like that. And as he said, he read it. And even for the internet, it's a little much. That's the character <laughs> I want going to my final matchup. I want Creed going through. Sorry, Kevin, buddy, you had a good run. Keep working on that chili. Maybe work on carrying that pot a bit better. But I love you. If you're not making a jump round, in my opinion. It's uh, apparently it's www.creedthoughts.gov.www backslash Creed Thoughts. There is, there is a website called creedthoughtsgov.com but was was that ever an official website that can you make an address that looks like that i don't know it could be all in the same word you couldn't have like a .com .gov .ed, but you could have it in the the base url Appar- apparently he uh wrote a book also called creed thoughts well i got, must know when to buy that 
Got got to got to get that shutter. Oh yeah, it was published in 2018, so it's not even that old. Five years after the show ended. Weird. Somebody go read that and report back to us. Okay, so Kevin with a vote for Creed. Let's do it. So I'm going to move ahead. Um, I'll go second here. Uh, kind of, I feel like similar to Kevin's logic. It, it's almost like you have a character who's like used sparingly, very sharp, very good comedic jabs versus Kevin, who's kind of present more often and is more background, very present humor with some good spikes and, fu- and funny like the chili incident. And Kevin's always funny. He's kind of always there. And Creed, you kind of won't see him for a while. And then he'll come in and talk about some past life of his. Or It's very good. Um, I had a hard time. This might be my hardest matchup here. And I, I'll give my honest opinion. Um, I thought I was going to come into this, and I thought it was going to be Kevin Malone. But going back and reading some of the goddamn things Creed has said and done in the show are, are so fucking funny. That and they're just delivered with just this really good straight delivery from the actor. I, I'm gonna give it to Creed. Um, I like Kevin better as a character, but Creed is funnier when Creed is in the show. And I I just think Creed's like probably one of the funniest characters in the show, like low key. So I'm gonna give it to him and give it 2-0 for Creed. So let's go to our other two boys. What's your counter opinion, Jack? Unless you agree. It's a tough, tough call. I'm just going to think to that wedding episode when Kevin's shoes got thrown in the incinerator because of the smell and he wore tissue boxes <laughs> and, the and then at the end of it, he sticks his feet in the ice machine and he's like, I got six numbers. One more would have been a whole phone number. <laughs> like he has some great one liners. I'm sticking with Kevin. He gets my vote. You know, you know, Kevin reminds me of Jack. I just can't stop thinking about it. You know who? You know exactly oh, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got big poop, poop bucket energy. <laughs> He's got big PB energy. My God. Okay, that's a vote for Kevin Casey. Was that Vincent's. a reference to the old, uh, the old roommate? There? Oh yeah, that's why yeah, Jack. Yeah, that's yeah. why Jack and I met by Kevin's real life caricature. <laughs> that's funny. So for me, I, I, I agree that. Creed has some incredible one-liners and I agree that it is kind of great how you do kind of forget about him and all of a sudden he comes back and he's there, but I just don't think he's better uh, than Kevin. I mean, Kevin is fantastic with his facial expressions, his one-liners, just his demeanor on the show as this goofy bubbly uh, character and then correct me if I'm wrong, he's also in the accounting department, is he not? Yes. Yeah. Like so there are a lot lot. Of, there's a lot of jokes about him not actually being able to do math. Do math. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. And it's just like, you know, you sit there and go the juxtaposition of how did you become an accountant? And uh yet you are who you are. And then obviously just all of his I I, I guess mannerisms are are the best way to put it. I, I just think Kevin uh, takes this one. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I agree. This is probably the toughest matchup we've had. It clearly is. I think this is the first time we've been tied to two. Might have to use uh, the random name generator uh, to, or the, the wheel. The wheel? What, what, as is a, the, as, what is the dumb random name generator? I don't know. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the, the wheel to decide the winner. But I just think. This is by far, in my opinion, obviously a tough one, but I just don't think Creed stands up to, to Kevin. All right. That's a vote for Kevin, which brings us two to two. Um, boys, we don't need to go to the wheel. 
I'm going to change my vote to Kevin. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking about it. You know, you know why? It's because I, you know, I kind of made the point almost myself. Kevin was a better character. Like, you like Kevin. You root for Kevin. Uh, you know, he had some moments where he's like a very sympathetic character because he talks about his ex-wife, Stacy, and how he needs a win. And you're like, you, you're rooting for Kevin. Creed's just like barely a character. He's more like a punchline delivery service, and but the punchlines are really good. But Creed, you kind of don't give a shit about because he's like a creature that lives in the attic. Like Kevin's like an actual like person in the show and you're rooting for him. So you know what? I'm going to go back to Kevin. I, 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 I like him better. It's just, man, some of Creed's jokes are just so good that it made me want to give him the vote. But you know what? Let's do it. Three, one. Unless anyone else wants to change their vote, I'll give you. All right. I'm going to make sure that I should be the only one allowed. Okay. I think that's a first. That's twice. We've changed is, votes before. Have we? Not often, though. Not, Not often. often. That's. How many is it? Is it twice now that that's happened in one bracket? Kevin, I, I, Jack talking about the, t- the tissue box thing kind of swayed me a little bit. I was like, oh, I mean, shit, I forgot about that. That's that such a good, good one when they it's burn so his good shoes. When it's really shoes. good. And he he's made just, the executive decision to incinerate them. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, well, damn it. Wedding, <laughs> well, 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 so well shoot. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the hotel burns his shoes. He's standing there at the wedding talking to Oscar. I think, oh, I got to go pee. I got to pee. He's like, just go pee. He's like, I don't know about that. I don't have enough time, enough time to put my tie back on. What the <laughs> That's right. like, what are you talking it's, about? Yeah. <laughs> the man had some comedic <laughs> timing. That actor did a fantastic job. Okay. When, when Roy runs in the office and <laughs> Kevin's like, Jim, Roy. <laughs> Jim, Roy. Like, way too, Kev, like, <laughs> like way too late. He's like, he's like, I'll back you up if anything goes down. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's great. So weird seeing that actor talk in a normal tone of voice, like in interviews. It's like, what the fuck? I assume he talked like that. It, it is, 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 am I, am I wrong? Does he have, does that actor have like a really hot wife in real life? Or am I thinking of Jerry from Parks and Rec? I might be thinking. Well, of he Jerry. had a hot wife in the show. Did he? In the show? Jerry did, yeah. He was Jerry was did, yeah. Wrinkly, wrinkly, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. You know, I was kind of, I was gonna mix. They're like, yeah. it's some kind of similar characters in my head. Okay, oh, that's a good character. Oof, that if Gary Jerry is a good one too. Yeah, I will say about the actor who plays Kevin Malone, he's a scratch golfer. Fun oh, really? fact. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him on a couple of uh, the like charity proams, and he's actually a hell of a golfer. Which you obviously being that big. You don't really think, you know, put two and two together, but that's my fun fact. Usually golfers hey, are very know, athletic, you know, so that makes sense. Brian, Brian Bob Gardner does have a smoking hot wife. By comparison, he absolutely does. <laughs> is he, ba- is he, ba- is he oh, batting yeah. up? Yeah, he's batting up all right. Al- uh, Celeste Eggleson, A-C-K-E-L-S-O-M. She is, he's right, punching out of his league. All right, let's look it up. Hot white, hot, hot white check go. happening right now. There you go. Oh, yeah, it's not, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely punching above his uh, weight class. God, which bless. is hard to do for him. Hard to do for him. Yeah, he's a he's a rough looking guy. You got to admit, he looks like a mob boss. <laughs> he looks like a mob boss. Maybe he's accountant. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know. He doesn't really look mean. I mean, he does. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe the chili is what won her over. Who knows? Okay, so Kevin will take it with a three-one over Creed, moving him into the finals. Our last semifinal match, we've got Stanley against. Andy, um, 
been a long journey for Stanley. Let's see how it goes. Let's start off with Kevin. Um, yeah, I, I might be on an island on this one, depending on how the last one went, but I, I do not. I like, I actually genuinely like Andy. I think he started off really annoying, became very sympathetic. I still don't understand how he screwed things up with Aaron because I really thought that was an interesting relationship, but he still still screwed it up. So he's kind of a moron. Um, I'm really talking myself into giving Stanley a vote now, aren't I? I still have to give it to Andy. Here it comes. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know what? Fuck you, Andy. You let Aaron go. All right. You you (laughs) lost Aaron to to, to Gabe. To fucking Gabe. I'm talking myself into voting for Stanley here. Uh, I'm on the air. Can't even form a thought, but as as I get my words out, I'm voting for Stanley. All right. I've got a Stanley vote. Um, I'm just going to get mine out of the way. I Andy annoyed the shit out of me the entire show and remains one of my least liked characters. Absolutely. Stanley is the winner for me. So we'll just give my vote right to Stanley and move it on. Let's go to Casey. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> this is a tough one. Again, I think this is two back to back that are, that are tough. I, I, I wasn't as annoyed from the beginning or at all by Andy. I kind of thought he was quirky and goofy and uh, I mean, relatable. Um, I've met some folks from Cornell and I think he hits that spot on the head um, with just how annoying they are. Um, Cause to Matt's point from earlier, they will always tell you they went to Cornell. And it's I, I, like I said earlier, I just don't get why I, I don't, it's not that good of a school. <laughs> Got him. Um, but I just love his, like how he's like always into like the, the music standpoint. You guys remember when they're talking and they're trying to make the like music video or whatever. And he's like trying to tell them how to, you know, the, the different vocal ranges and stuff. Cause he's just this acapella, you know, genius from his time at Cornell. I, I just think that kind of stuff is funny. Uh, but Stanley, I mean, he's so relatable. He, he has his one liners. He has his moments. Um, God damn, this is hard. I, I'm going to go with, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Andy. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of try and make this potentially a little bit tougher and maybe we will get the wheel uh, of, of of fortune to come out uh, and help us pick a winner, but I'm going to go with Andy. All right. That's a vote for Andy. I could warn you boys. I will not be switching my opinion on this one. Jack, go ahead. Oh, this is a tough one. Laughed out loud several times. Oh man. I think when it comes down to it, some of just some of the parts that like crack me up, like when, when Andy is at like the American, was it like an American idol night? trying to think with not american idol they did a night at um gabe's apartment and it was like a pizza making thing and they were watching a show i can't remember what show they were watching um it wasn't american idol but anyway andy (laughs) ate like a seahorse (laughs) like a dried seahorse and he got so sick because he was having a mental breakdown because obviously aaron and gabe were dating um that that's that gets my vote for Andy. I'm gonna give it a, give it a vote for Andy and get that wheel out. You know, he was like powdered seahorse or something. Great, great. Okay, so we got our first tie, two two, Stanley against Andy. Um, let's go to the wheel. All right, here we go, boys. Oh. Oh, Andy, how delicious set this lands on me. Burn in hell, motherfucker. This vote absolutely goes to Stanley. Again, no slight dead helms. I do think he's a funny actor, but fuck did I hate that character. God 
damn, Andy sucks. Maybe it's a Cornell thing. I, did, so. I just I did not like the way his his character arced at the very end, right? Like he left no. the he left a stable job to go pursue a career in Hollywood. He lost his fucking mind. That was stupid. He had a, it was a manager a job, and then he washed out and somehow failed because he's a white guy. Failed upwards into being like a admissions manager at Cornell somehow. Like what the fuck's that? But remember, remember, they didn't know what to do with him. Like, they didn't remember, know what to do with that, that was his dream job, though. That was him landing his dream job, working for his alma mater at Cornell, and also how like, do you how do you get that from failed like uh, acapella singer? It's fucking Cornell. That's how, no, bro. Fair. Jesus Christ, how many times do I got to say it? It's a fucking it, joke. It's, of hey, K- Casey, it's like, a very fine fried chicken establishment. It's a, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Or it's like a clown college, you know? Yeah, like, let's all get Cornell the Sanders fucking Sanders minds Sanders. together. Jesus Christ. Oh, just all he did was make stupid decisions. I just remember just hating him so much throughout the whole series. <laughs> he did make some stupid decisions. Oh, all he did is just dumb, <laughs> dumb decisions. And he was an asshole. Like, it's just like, ugh, no interest. So, goodbye, Andy. I'm, that's probably... One of my favorite wheels that I've won. Glee was the show, by the way, they were watching. Oh, Glee. Glee there you is, go. Makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's a show I would chug seahorse powder to. That makes sense. Okay, so um, a tiebreaker win for Stanley over Andy um, brings us to our final matchup. Kevin against Stanley. The two big boys of the office. Got a heavyweight match, perhaps. Literally, let's end this thing, boys. And start with Casey. Yeah, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with my gut. And for me, it's a tough one, but it's I don't think it's as tough as some of these others. I love Stanley. I really do. I think his he like I said I've said it a hundred times. He's relatable. He's got some great one liners, but I don't think it compares to Kevin and the funny moments that come from Kevin. I just uh, everything we've said from the chili to uh the the shoebox uh, the the shoebox uh for shoes like i just i totally forgot about that at the uh at the wedding it's incredible it's so funny and then obviously like matt said the <laughs> dropping words from a sentence is just too funny when few um, words do trick yeah and he's just he's supposed to be this you know accounting isn't easy i mean it's boring absolutely but it ain't easy and this this is just goofy um, uh, guy that does I just think it's great. I, I I tell you what, I would love to work at a company where Kevin is my accountant at that company. And we might go bankrupt in about a day, but at least it would be funny as fuck. All right. And it would be enjoyable to go to work. So for that reason, I'm giving Kevin the, the vote. Let's go. I'm pretty sure Kevin's a better accountant than the ones in my company, at least. So, you know, you could always do worse. I was reminded of the scene where, um, where where they were doing math, but they were doing it with pies instead of numbers. And then suddenly he was like a math genius as long as he used pies and says, <laughs> Kevin, what's like 832,562 pies divided by nine? He goes, oh, yeah, this. <laughs> they said, okay, do that with salads. He'd go, uh, carry the one. No, nah, I just can't figure it out. Just great. Um, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Casey in this one. Kevin and Stanley are both very funny characters. I feel like moment to moment, they kind of match up in a lot of ways, but I, it's similar to my argument the last round where Kevin was in. I like Kevin as a character more than I liked Stanley. Like, Kevin had a little bit of an arc, and he was like a very, you kind of like realized, oh, wow, Kevin's like a really nice guy, and he's like loyal to his friends, and you really like him as a person in the show, in addition to being funny. 
Stanley is funny, but really ultimately kind of an asshole. Like, let's be real. Uh, I get it. You know, you've been in a job for too long. I'm getting there myself. You just don't give a shit about the work anymore. You're ready to just blow out the door exactly at your time. Like, you know, I know those guys at my current job. I'm turning into one of them, frankly. Um, but, you know, Stanley kind of had a shtick. It was funny. It worked really well. I'm glad he got far in this bracket, but I am giving my vote to Kevin. I do think, you know, outside of kind of the what we called like the power three, he is like a really, really funny fucking character in the show and deserves the win. So I'll go two zero for Kevin. Speaking of which, let's go to Kevin. We've uh, we've covered a lot of the fun, you know, anecdotes about Kevin, and he's got a lot more than Stanley does. I I gotta say, and a um, as we say, a mistake pu- a mistake plus Kevin gets you home by seven. <laughs> and he was home by five thirty that day. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so it's let's, good. Let's, they let's keep give, coming. They keep coming. <laughs> let's give let's give a Kevin to Kevin. Or a third vote in this case. <laughs> 11. God damn it. All right, Jack. You got the final vote? Yeah, give him a clean sweep. I'm just thinking about when Michael was Santa and he had Kevin sit on his lap, which was also <laughs> a funny as hell moment. It's good. <laughs> he it's couldn't good. decide what he wanted for Christmas. Like, oh man, so good. But 6,000 helium balloons. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's like the more we've talked about it, the more I'm like, man, Kevin had a lot of fucking funny moments in oh, that show. Yeah. Like a when ton. he was like his band when he's like, oh <laughs> yeah, like Scrantonicity or something like that, and he's got his like music. Uh, Scrantonicity two, Scrantonicity two. Oh, yeah, Scrantonicity was the first one. Then the second one was they booted him out. They like, split, split off from the original band. He's <laughs> like an awesome poker player. And golf yeah. in the show, too. He was a good golfer because he went with Jim. God damn it. He really is poop bucket. <laughs> it's like gambling and like golf. Like that's like, I mean, it's like to a T. I mean, that's maybe another part that gives Kevin an edge to me is I, I basically know a Kevin in real life. And he was, and he was bald. Yeah. You know, really hit every single possible tick box. Hit it. One day we will get that counterbite. We will do. We will talk about that poop bucket story. <laughs> it like, is unbelievable. Am I ready? I don't know if I'm ready. Oh my god. Oh man. All right. So, boys, uh, Kevin is going to take the counterpints office character bracket. Um, again, excluding Dwight, Jim, and Michael. So, you know, you could call maybe a side character bracket, but um, I think well deserved. Kevin is our gold medalist. Congratulations to Kevin. Um, again, Kevin Malone, not the Kevin on this podcast. His, his attendance is tenuous at best. So um, any honorable mentions for characters that could have potentially been on this bracket that were not? I wanted to make sure to mention uh, David Wallace, who I thought was uh, fucking hilarious on that show. Very, Aaron, very good. Aaron was an honorable mention. He only had for a couple seasons, though. Yeah, there were a couple Aaron. late. We've definitely missed Aaron. Yep. Uh, Meredith, as Kevin mentioned earlier. I was just going to say Meredith. And her fucking, like, sex stories and shit. Like, that... She's got some fuck. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, she was. She was like the female Creed, almost. Really. Yes, exactly. She just had her tit out at one point, and her ass be like, Meredith, your boob is out. That's right. Uh, Karen Filippelli. Yep, classic. And Meredith stripped in Michael's office. The office. That huge holiday that's, party. That's oh, she yeah. like walks in there, just takes a picture, and walks out. <laughs> Great. That's right. Uh, you know, Jan Jan had some funny moments. Yeah. You know, as oh Michael 
Packer, yeah. I gotta say, That's Todd right. Packer, man. Yeah. Packer was a fucking. I just love that actor. What I can't remember his name to save my oh, life. It's but... like David Concher or something like that. Concher. Yeah, something like that. But like him in like Anchorman and here, I mean, just absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> it's just whenever whenever I see that actor, all I could ever think of is Anchorman. It's just oh. it's just all I could ever think of with him. <laughs> that's it but and he plays that character so well that like crude not pc character so fucking well oh he, he reminds me of um what's his name danny mcbride a little bit like i feel like he plays the same kind of character and everything he's in like crass like <laughs> yes just very he's good he's funny but yeah todd packard's oh. definitely a good character what about mose mose was a, a producer and co-writer <laughs> on there. He was yep. the creator of The Good Place. He's he's like it's weird to think about. Like that's just one of the major authors behind this series and another great series. And he's just the, the guy who runs around awkwardly in the background. Well, it seems like it's something that's almost unique to the show is that a lot of the characters in the show are writers for the show. Yeah. Like a lot of them write. Like Toby wrote a lot of the episodes. Ryan wrote a lot of the episodes. It's just uh I don't know. It interesting. Interesting. Okay. Any other uh honorable mentions? Okay. Um. If I don't no. think so. No. Well, I think we. Uh, I think we were pretty exhausted talking about office characters. Um, I do love some of like the. I guess they're not technically cameos because they're like actually playing, you know, fictional people. But um, like obviously, you have um, Will Ferrell comes in, Idris Elba. I love how they brought in some of these big time names to play just some like random spots here and there this is not an honorable mention for this bracket i just like that about the office just had to put that out there idris because... as charles minor oh and like watching idris try not to break in just yeah. about every fucking scene um i feel like he was in... i feel like he was out of his depth like comedy oh, wise hundred <laughs> percent dude hundred percent it was just because he's not really a, a comedic actor no right like so he's this like drama action filled actor being serious thrown into this comedic realm and he's just like trying not to die it's like watching a real life uh saturday night live where you see these people like they literally try and make each other break i feel like when he was on they were like oh we're gonna get you bud (laughs) it's great i love episodes he's in so fucking funny as michael's boss god damn it Okay, well, that's a lot of office talk. Um, this, this whole thing has made me want to go back and watch The Office again. It's been a long time. I remember, like college college years, I was, you know, a like a lot of people. I'm sure when Netflix it was on Netflix, watched it like three, four times. It was just bored. I'm like, eh, I guess I'll just watch the entire Office again. I wonder how many times I watched that whole thing. I don't think I ever want that statistic to be honest. But with that, we will end this bracket and move on to the conclusion section of this podcast. Jack, I believe you have our brewery of the week. Yes, I do. I talked about it earlier, but 10 Ike Brewing, which Ike is E-Y-C-K Brewing in uh, Stevensville, Maryland. They had great beer, but they did something uh, that kind of set them above other new breweries I've been to. They had a flight of eight beers instead of four, which was good. Nice. Um, the, they brought it out to our table. They didn't make us carry it. That was also nice. <laughs> Beautiful. They also served us the beer with packs of oyster crackers. Oh my God. And later on, they brought out fresh, warm popcorn. 
Oh. All for free. Just here you go. Oh, uh, hospitality uh, experience. It's, awesome. it's, just, it's just the little touches sometimes, right? Yeah. yeah. And these were the good oyster crackers. We're not talking Ooh. Pepperidge Farm. Oh, we're, ta- are we talking Westminster, baby? This, it just on the badge said New England oyster crackers. Mm. So weird. And I can attest that Jack had a great time there because I got a FaceTime that night. Oh, did you and, really? Oh, boy. Ooh. He was uh, getting after it. It was great. That a boy. Hurting Friday. <laughs> Thursday was good. Might be oh, part Jack. of the last call. Jack, I, Jack, I didn't get a fast FaceTime. I'm hurt. Well, you know what? I thought you were in North Carolina with your parents. So that's why I didn't do it. To be fair. I think it was, was that Thursday night. Yes. Oh, no, Thursday. I wouldn't have been there yet, but that's fair. Um, that's cool. though. sounds a good place. The oyster cracker move is pro. I, Kevin and I first ran into it at rock art brewing in upstate Vermont. It is, it's a, it gave birth to the oyster hoister, which I still have and still use occasionally. Um, take, take good care of my baby. Oh, it's still there. It's, I know exactly where it is. Stickers are applied to it all the time. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, for the audience, you know, something like that, it's the concept of a pretzel necklace at a brew fest or anything like that, a palate cleanser, a little kind of neutral tasting cracker or snack in between beers helps you appreciate them more. Give it a shot. Plus oyster crackers are good. So we're going to go to the best beer of the cast. Um, I think I was the only one that had two beers, so I'll go between those two, uh, both IPAs and specifically new England IPAs. Um, very, very close, to be honest. I'm struggling a bit to tell you which one was the obvious winner. I don't think there really was one. Um, I think I'd give like a slight edge to the Transcend's Citra Sonic. I think it's because I really like Citra hops. I know it's not like a very u- unique or inventive hop, but it just it was a little bit sweeter, and I just found it was a little bit smoother. But um, both are very good. Both are like an easy four. It's I, I might actually just give them both a four. So <laughs> they're good pairs. Try them both out. Incendiary and Transcend are good. Uh, both good breweries. Incendiary, though, I'll give them an edge because they have a much better tap room. But Citrusonic will get my win. Let's go to uh, Casey. How was your beer? Uh, it was really good. Really good. Uh, I gave it a 3.9. Uh, Mortal Spheres uh, from True Brewing in Denver, Colorado. The India Pale Ale. Uh, fantastic. Really good. Nice, um, nice easy drink especially for seven percent alcohol like it was really smooth so cheers to them they always do great stuff um excited to maybe soon in the future for the listeners to go see their sister brewery in lovely Asheville, north carolina oh. at some point maybe within a month or so perhaps over a month perhaps maybe we'll do something there i don't know so really excited but very good beer so cheers all righty uh jack how was yours? My beer was great. Trail Dragger IPA. Hazy IPA. Uh, had a couple of their IPAs at this place. They they hit that dank note very, very well, which is critical for me. Uh, this was an easy drinker. Uh, they actually um, gave it to us in a six-pack of 12-ounce beers, which was kind of different, kind of nice. <laughs> also, super cheap. That was another good thing. Um, <laughs> it's so, yeah, it, was, it was a good take-home beer. Cool can art. Got Rosie the Riveter on there. Um, so, yeah, it was a very good beer. Easily in the fours. Ooh. High praise. Uh, Kevin, uh, what was your best water? Say, the beer I had tonight was a little thin. Kind of tasted like water, maybe, because it was water. Uh, it, it was water. <laughs> it, it was probably still better than Bud Light Next, but 
from Bud and Axe. Ah, Kev, you stole my joke. You stole it. I was going to say. I want to try Bud Light next. I want to try it. Is it Bud Light next or Bud next? Bud Light next. It is Bud Light next. I do want to try it. I'm just just going to just try it. It's a a seltzer that has the... I don't even think they categorize it as a seltzer, but it's supposed to have the slightest beer taste to it, and it's... I just, I just, I don't want to pay money for one. I just want to run into one at some point and just yeah. sip it. You know what I mean? Hope someone brings it to like a party or something and you can just steal one there. The right. other problem is they don't, correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, they don't sell them in six packs. It's only 12 packs. Yeah, or higher than 12. I think they have them oh. like, like Fuck. See, and that's the other thing is like, I want to try it, but I don't want to be forced to then be stuck with another, you know, 11 or more that I have to drink. You know, I might as well just pee it. You know, dump them out. I don't know. <laughs> Tell you, you where you you know where you might get to try them if you ever are at one, and maybe you are in June. Top Golf. <gasps> I've heard of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, we're gonna go on to the last call. A finals comment, statement, joke, question from our hosts. Um, oh, what the fuck is on the screen right now? <laughs> Uh, we've got a picture of uh, Leslie David Baker, who plays Stanley, blinking his eyes alternatively on the screen. It is disturbing, to say the least. And I was curious if it would distract my fellow co-hosts. And it seems to be working. It's, be- it's beautiful, really. It's beautiful. All right. Um, last calls, boys. And let's wrap this bitch up. Start with our Midwestern correspondent. Kevin, what do you got? Uh, rest in peace, Chris Paul. You have really bad finals or NBA playoffs luck, or you were just on bad teams, or you choked and shit the bed. Variety of reasons. You're now part of the Phoenix Suns 2021 season, which 2022 season is going to go down in history as one of the best teams to lose in the worst fashions in the playoffs, one of the worst playoff losses in recent history. I can't blame you for losing to Luca, but who the fuck is Luca playing with these days? You know, Whoever's going to get hot at any given moment, and you lost to Luca. You played well, Chris Paul, during this season, during this series with the Mavericks. You, there were moments when you could just dictate your will upon the game, and it was obvious. You had a perfect game in there. You had a great playoff run until the very end. You guys choked. You were up 2-0, and you lost. What the fuck? You were my hope for the best team in the West, and you choked. What the fuck? Sorry, but what else are you going to do, Chris? You're already vegan. What's next? Cut food out of your life entirely? You know what? That didn't work for you. So maybe go the other direction. Go the James Harden route. Go partying. Stay out till two in the morning. Keep drinking a lot of alcohol. Maybe do something because whatever you're doing right now clearly didn't work. Sorry, sucks. You broke my heart. That's all. Powerful, emotional, really. Um, Casey, go ahead. Well, I'll just keep the uh, basketball thing going. Um, I'll tell you this much: there's no greater situation in sports than a game seven. I think every athlete dreams about playing in a game seven and uh, being a part of that deciding game, winner take all, uh, when a series is tied 3-3. But I'll tell you what's sweeter. When a guy who is an unbelievable specimen of a human being that gets babied by every single referee in the league, um, absolutely shits the bed in game seven, no one talks about it, and and it's like, a, oh, he did so well. You know, he had 200 points, 100 rebounds, 100 assists, or some stupid shit stat. Uh, and everyone's talking about how great he is. No, the motherfucker choked. 
And I'm talking about Greek Freak from the Milwaukee Bucks. He's a really good basketball player. However, he gets every fucking call. So what did the Celtics do? They went in in game six when their backs were against the wall, beat the shit out of them there in Milwaukee, which also, by the way, what a joke of a sports city. Let's start there. And then they go to the garden. Okay. I've never heard the garden. Well, okay. That's a lie. I actually have uh, 2008. <laughs> it was very loud at the garden, but game seven on Sunday, Milwaukee versus the Boston Celtics, that garden was rocking. And all that happened was Jason Tatum and a guy that not many people uh, gave a lot of credit to, but Grant Williams from the university of Tennessee came in and shut the fucking door in Giannis's face. And all I heard about after that was, oh, Giannis is the best player. Look at this stat line. What are you guys fucking talking about? He had 15 points in the first quarter and then was non-existent in the last three. That's the sign of a choke artist. The only reason Milwaukee won the championship last year is because Phoenix beat the pisses off uh, out of them in games one and two. And then the NBA and the referees got together and went, oh, shit, we can't have that. We got to actually make this a series. So then what happened? They baby Giannis. He gets all these stupid calls. The dude travels and offensive fouls every other play. He should foul out in the first quarter of every game. I'm, I'm over this. But it was so sweet to see the Celtics beat the shit out of him uh, in game seven. But two, I also want to touch on, on, on Kevin's point. I mean, I feel bad for Chris Paul because I don't know what he has to do. He has either the worst luck or he's a choke artist, like you said. I feel bad for him because he's a wicked nice guy. He's a very nice guy. And it just sucks. But... I tell you what, the NBA refs fucking suck. I've said it before. I'll say it again. But nothing beats a game seven ass whooping like the Boston Celtics put on the Milwaukee Bucks and that that greatest player of all time that that city loves in Giannis, the Greek freak. That's my last call. Beautiful. Casey, I don't want to excite you, but um, I'm going to I want to talk about sports in my last call. Holy shit. That's it. The world's coming to an end. <laughs> oh, boys. Wow. I, I, okay. I'm, I'm ready. Hit me now. Everyone prepared. I was actually cared about sports for a brief moment, and that was Saturday afternoon slash evenings Bruins against the Carolina Hurricanes game, um, which unfortunately, because I ran a uh, spark race in the area, I was unable to attend the game. The goal was to go, but. You know, it was at, I think it was at one o'clock in the afternoon and then it was four 30 in the afternoon. It was still too early. I couldn't make it. So God damn it. If I had an earlier heat in that fucking race, I could have made that game. God, I would have loved to have been there. Uh, but I was able to watch the watch about half the, the back half of the game from burial beer company in Raleigh, North Carolina uh, for a very sweaty final uh, minute to that game. I had some money on the line with my father and I, We'll say to the group, I did Boston very well. Uh, I represented us. I was a man against an ocean of Canes fans. Uh, a lot of people cheering for the Canes. And I was in this brewery. Just, uh, you know, they got that second goal within like 30, like 30 seconds before it ended. And I went, woo, go Boston, <laughs> everyone. Oh, my God. I was not a popular man in that bar. Uh, but that was a really fucking fun series to watch. Very cool to see that go. You know, three to three tie with a tiebreaker, seventh game. That was very, that was, it was a very fun series of hockey games. So uh, I, you know, lament that the Bruins are out of the series. But 
Um, I will throw my weight behind the Carolina Hurricanes to carry it the rest of the way because God knows I don't want the fucking Rangers to win. Gross. Uh, shout out to Rich. I know we were just talking about this earlier, but I think the Carolina Hurricanes or the PNC Arena is trying to ban out-of-state tickets from being bought. They only want locals at the game. I didn't know that was even a thing, so that's interesting. Supposedly, you can't buy, if you have an out-of-state area code, you can't buy tickets to that game or something like that. I didn't Man, know that well, was that, a practice. What do you think of the uh, all the Hurricanes fans who wear the Hartford Whalers gear? They can go die in a fucking tire fire. <laughs> I knew that was gonna. That's what no, it was I, I just wanted that out there. Thank Disgusting. you. Disgusting. I had a, a one of my donors at CU when I worked there. He's a big Philly fan. He's from Philadelphia, but he's a big hockey guy. Gross. And he was like, he, uh, yeah, uh, great guy, just horrible choice in teams. Um, he texted me after Game Six, you know, congratulating the Bruins for winning, and goes, "I hope that the uh, Hurricanes show up in their Hartford Whaler jerseys for Game Seven. <laughs> and I honestly about I had to really watch myself because I really wanted Texas to be like I, so do I and I hope they get their fucking asses kicked because they should never be allowed to wear that jersey. Oh, that would have been beautiful if they all showed up in Whalers gear and they just get their shit wrecked. Oh, uh, they've done it before. Been, that would have been beautiful. I would have loved it. They've they've done it before in the regular season where they'll play Boston in Boston and you know the away team gets to choose the jersey first. Uh, and they'll wear the whaler jerseys. And I'm just like, you don't deserve that. You're, you're, you're a piece of shit franchise that, that moved and took away Hartford's one, you know, sense one, of glory. It was the one thing we had. That was that's it. The one, that's all they had. That was going, it. But fuck it up. And you know why? I'll tell you this right now. You know why they're banning out of state ticket sales? I don't know. Because they know that the Rangers teams, fans are annoying. No, Jack can attest to this. Jack and I went to what was that 2018 Jack or 2019? 19. 19. Black the the um, Eastern Conference final or whatever to go to the Stanley Cup. The Bruins went in there and whooped the shit out of them. And for they swept them. When we were at that game in, in Raleigh, it was all Bruins fans. That's why they <laughs> they're that is literally why they ban it because they know that their own fans suck and won't buy the tickets because it's too expensive. Um, sounds like someone else. Um, and instead they, so they try and ban the away fans from buying just a really stupid piece of shit franchise. If you ask me, <laughs> sounds like but, the Milwaukee bucks. Well, unfortunately they beat the Bruins. So I'm, I'm sorry to say it. And I lost money on that bet. So um, God damn it. But that's it. That's my uh, that's my last call for this podcast. I thought maybe boys would be interested to hear that I had an opinion in sports. I have some opinions in that game, but we don't need to get into that kind of detail. I'll Absolutely. Ex- well I'll, done, accept, I'll accept the loss. All right. For our final last call, which I definitely remember, Jack is up to bat. Yeah, we kind of touched on this earlier, but last weekend we I was at a wedding and Thursday they had kind of a uh, like welcome, welcome to our wedding. Um, at a bar the night before and um, I enjoyed myself quite a bit and I want to make this point about weddings that next day if you are going to do something like that or there's a welcoming event that you're just going to feed people alcohol that next day at your wedding you better hit home runs with what food you are serving I'm talking (laughs) from the hors d'oeuvres to the actual dinner 
Um, this particular wedding had one hors d'oeuvre that was very, very good. It was a like a Asian chicken wonton with a, like a sweet and sour sauce on it. Ooh. Now, I will say the waitress who had those on her tray didn't come around to me nearly enough. And I needed <laughs> She was taking food. a tray. <laughs> um, and then the meal itself, nothing. It was not good. Too bland. You got you to touch on everything. You got to have a meat. You got to have a good salt. Salty appetizer, you got to have a nice starch. It just wasn't there. It didn't cure my hangover like I needed it to. <laughs> Thankfully, it was an open bar. And the there you go. five or six rum and pineapples that I had did the trick to get me back on track. <laughs> back in <laughs> a truck. Hair of the dog. Great. <laughs> but yeah, food at weddings. Hit Important. Important. That seems like a risky move, getting all the guests hammered the day before the wedding. I don't know if that's a good call. Hey, the, the bride and the groom were there too, and they got hammered too. And then we went to that same bar after the wedding for the after party. <laughs> Wasn't a nice and bar, the at least? The groom had to be dragged out. Oh, baby. And then everybody got COVID. Wow. Take, take, take notes for your uh, wedding, Jack. Oh, trust me. The food. Wait, uh, on his wedding night, he had to get dragged out. He didn't get to go and consummate the marriage. I guess he, I guess that's where he was getting dragged to. He didn't want to leave the bar. Well, hey, who would he get dragged by? The the the, the wife? Security. Oh. Because <laughs> he was what? Because he was passing out or was he getting aggressive? No, they were closing. And he oh, oh. oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> wow. That's a Was she still there? Was I the think wa- so. I think she was kind of trying to calm down. It Jesus, was- what a fucking dude. Yeah, this sounds like a wedding in Maryland for sure. <laughs> Oh yeah, and the fact that they didn't have crab cakes—I mean, that's what Maryland <laughs> was, does. Was anyone crab wearing? Was anyone wearing that flag? They would have the flag on. Of course they did. <laughs> they had a flag oh, right over God. where the wedding arch had the Maryland flag flying. Oh, yeah. Of course it did. But the Beautiful. food at my wedding—I've already tried it. All good. I can't wait to complain hey, about it on this podcast. Baby. <laughs> you can't complain about uh, beef braised short rib, baby. Woo! Put it put How in the wonton. If we got there, if it's on if it's on trays, and we only get a little bit. So we're gonna complain about it. Yeah, if, if I have to follow that tray lady around, I will. I'm I'm, I'm gonna kneecap her and take the tray. Oh, uh, see, you're doing it right. Yeah, you got to do a buffet. Will they bring the buffet to me? <laughs> All you can Matt's eat. just gonna stand. To yeah, Matt's just gonna stand at the buffet and eat. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not going to be needed at any part Again, of the wedding. He's be, we call him the baloney goblin, but Sir, when he goes to weddings, yeah, he's Who like, yeah, he just he just tucks in a, a napkin and brings his I, fork and knife to the. I just show, I just show up in my, 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 my underwear yeah, yeah. And a, my underwear in a bib. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to plow and and his like dress shoes from the tuxedo. Oh, boxes, Casey, tissue boxes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hope. Oh I, all I can say is I hope Jack has removed all the stop signs from a three-mile radius of his wedding venue. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he's going to turn into the like buffet goblin instead of baloney goblin. Jesus <laughs> will there be baloney? <laughs> oh, oh, will there? He'll bring his own if there isn't. <laughs> I know. You got to let me know if I got to bring my own baloney supplies. Yeah, Oscar Meyer is going to bring. <laughs> yeah, you, you ever seen a? Beef short rib, it's a bologna wrapped ooh, in bologna. Ooh, ooh, ooh bologna let, short rib. Hey, oh, that's what the cake's me. made out of. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. It's got a mustard filling. My bologna had a first name. 
God damn it. We need to end this podcast. All right. Yes, those, those are the last calls. Uh, listeners, you've stuck around this long. God bless. You are a trooper and we love you. Um, send your address to this, uh, to our email address. We'll come and kiss you on the mouth with that. We're going to end this fucking podcast. Uh, counterpints us on Instagram and untapped. <laughs> Definitely go do it. It's a good time. Uh, seven, seven, four, two, two, four, zero, seven, zero, eight. If you have any comments about this episode, we'd love to hear them. Um, we don't really want them, but we'll take them with that. Uh, fuck this podcast. We're out. This was episode 66, the office character bracket until next time. Stay frosty. My friends. Job, are you poor? Are you broken down?